You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Facebook Friday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, one surprise move on Thursday as the New Orleans Saints cut ties with cornerback Janoris Jenkins. We'll talk about the cap savings, what the move projects moving forward, and where the Saints can go next for their next cornerback starting opposite Marshawn Lattimore. Then we are heading over to the Locked on Saints Facebook group for a ton of questions to fire through. We'll do questions in segments two and three, including what the Saints can do if they can just stack up $10 million during the free agency period, how Chris Richard factors in to the Saints open CB2 slot. Could Kansas City come calling toward the New Orleans Saints after losing both of their starting tackles and much more from the Locked on Saints Facebook group? As always, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com. And your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. So the New Orleans Saints still continuing to make moves to try to get under the salary cap. Once again, the final salary cap was set at $182.5 million. New Orleans Saints carrying about $3 million along with them. So they're trying to get under the $185.5 million mark. And they're well on their way, but they are going to have to make some tough decisions as we talked about here over the next week in order to make sure that they are compliant with the salary cap by the deadline on March 17th as the new league year begins. And today, probably one of the biggest decisions, or rather Thursday, probably one of the biggest decisions that they've had to make, they made. That was cutting and moving on from veteran cornerback Janoris Jenkins. Now, it was an easy decision in terms of the financials, right? Saved them $7 million in salary cap space. He had a $14-plus million cap hit waiting for him in 2021, which actually included a $1.2 million roster bonus that would have accelerated once he got cut, but the Saints wisely turned that bonus into a signing bonus and then ended up shaving off half of it by restructuring that into the over the next two years. So just $600,000 over the next two years instead. Now, cutting Janoris Jenkins does create probably the biggest self-inflicted need for the New Orleans Saints that they have created so far this offseason. We've seen them move on from tight ends that we didn't expect it to move on from like Josh Hill, but you have Adam Troutman waiting in the wings, right? You saw them move on from Thomas Morstead, which was a little bit more of the unexpected move there too, but they have Blake Gillikin waiting in the wings. Emmanuel Sanders, unexpected, but they had a ton of talent at the wide receiver position, and there's a ton of talent coming into the NFL at that position as well. So this move, cutting Janoris Jenkins, who has been lining up across from Marshall and Lattimore, at least did over 13 games last year, it was probably the move that creates the biggest hole, right? Creates the biggest need. So now they need to figure out who's going to be that cornerback to opposite Marshawn Lattimore. This seems to project an intention to inquire or to rather to acquire a new starter as opposed to elevating in-house. I think that, you know, look, you weren't going to elevate in-house without already elevating in-house, right? So why would you move on from this guy unless you do plan to bring somebody else in? That's going to be the tougher part of all this is that now the Saints walk into free agency with a big time need at that cornerback position, perhaps now their number one need outside of quarterback 
going into uh, the new league year here. So this also seems to protect project the expectation that the Saints are going to extend Marshawn Lattimore. I, I don't think that you move on from your veteran starting cornerback on one side if you feel like you're going to lose the starting cornerback on the other side. So this means to me, either they're very confident about the extension that they plan to work out with Marshawn Lattimore, or hell, they're just going to let him play on the on the fifth-year option if they need to, right? That they're not going to move him or anything like that. We'll see exactly how that all actually plays out, right? It's only speculation at this point, but I don't think you move on from Janoris Jenkins unless you absolutely believe one way or another you're going to have Marshawn Lattimore going in to the 2021 season. So now the Saints can go to free agency, they can look into the trade market, or they can go to the draft. Obviously, it's not like this team to wait until the draft and then walk into the first round with a need, particularly at a premier spot like that. So you should look for them to maybe try to address this during the offseason before we actually get into the draft at the end of April. Can look at some of the street free agents, quote unquote, the players that are actually released by other teams before free agency begins, as opposed to those who are on expiring contracts. The reason why that's important is because the players that are cut, right, and made free agents, those players don't factor into compensatory pick formulas working ahead to 2022. And we already know that the Saints should be in line for a few compensatory picks next season. If you look at Trey Hendrickson potentially getting signed away, he should get a big contract that could mean a third round pick for the Saints in 2022. Sheldon Rankins is expected to test the market. If he signs somewhere else, that could be anywhere between a fourth to a sixth round pick that the Saints end up getting there, depending upon how much he gets paid annually by the team that signs him if he ends up somewhere else. So when you look at some of these other street free agents or the guys that are cut before their contracts expire, that is maybe the one of the routes that you can go. And obviously, you're not going to make solely your decisions based on that, but just something to keep in mind about the extra layers of free agency that those players that were cut don't factor into that formula and then therefore don't offset any compensatory picks the Saints may be in line for. Now, there's going to be a lot of options over the market here throughout free agency. Patrick Robinson, Shaquille Griffin, Quentin Dunbar, maybe even a reunion for Chris Richard and Richard Sherman. These are all names that I've seen thrown around by fans that are interested in trying to figure out who it's going to be moving forward. I kind of have my own idea, and we'll certainly talk a little bit more about who could potentially step in opposite Marshawn Lattimore here in just a moment when we get to our Facebook questions. But one of the big things to take a look at in this free agency class is the amount of money you're going to have to spend to get a starting corner, right? But also the ages of those starting quality corners, because most of the upper echelon available cornerbacks in this free agency class are 30, 31, 33, somewhere around there. When you look at the Robert Olfords, you look at the Desmond Trufants, the Richard Shermans, the Patrick Petersons, those guys all up in their 30s. So they're going to have to sort of figure out the Saints where age and price may not match up in terms of what they're in need of now in New Orleans. The Saints, in terms of their salary cap, getting a little bit lower here, depending on which metric you're looking at. If you look at over the cap, they're $25 million over. If you look at spot rack, they're around $29 million over. So still a lot of work for the Saints to do, but well on their way and not far away in terms of the number of moves that will get them there and get them compliant and uh, have some money to spend as well. So what could they do with that money We'll get to take a look at that as well as other questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we get to any of that, want to make sure that we give a shout out to our good friends 
at betonline.ag, our exclusive betting partners over there. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whether it's NBA, college basketball, the NHL, bracket challenges, which they have going on right now, $15 to enter. You fill out your bracket and then you can win your share of $100,000 over there as well. So they have a ton going on across all sports and it's all real-time updated odds. And they've got you covered with all the news and scores that you need as well. And it's the best place to place all of your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. BetOnline.ag. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. As long as you use the promo code Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Huda Nation. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. On today's episode, on the one-year anniversary of the NBA shutting down due to COVID, an NCAA team is forced out of the men's basketball tournament due to a positive test. Weird, wild story here just in terms of the way that the universe works and timing. So go and check it out. Get all the sports news that you need and less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on radio.com or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Let's get it. We got Brandon Biggs here based on the current cut slash needs. And for the sake of conversation, let's say hypothetically the Saints free up $10 million in pocket change. What player or players would you go out and secure to fill those needs? So here's what I wrote down. So the first thing that I would do is that I would go out and I would sign a cornerback. So I'm going to take $3.5 million, right, which may not be the APY. It's just about how I can get that contract down with signing bonuses and things like that. And I'm very interested in signing Brashad Breland. Now, Brashad Breland, probably not the biggest name out there, but played really well in Kansas City, has played well against the Saints in the past as well. I think he's somebody that is just physical enough and, and has the build that the Saints like that can line up opposite Marshawn Lattimore. So I would give Brashad Breland a shot, see what he can do. Then I would go and I would grab an underrated edge rusher, Dennis Gardeck. Not a lot of people even know who this guy is. Get him for pretty cheap. He was on a like a three-year, one-point-something million-dollar contract, getting paid literally hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last three seasons. The dude played like 90-something snaps last year and had seven sacks. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to see what I can do with him. Get him for cheap around $3 million. I'm totally fine with that. And then I'm going for whichever one of these wide receivers I can get at around the $3.5 million left that I have to spend here. Now, remember, we're not talking $3.5 million in terms of APY. We know that some of these guys are a little bit more expensive, but whose contract can I manipulate to knock down that first year, that, that first year total? I'm going for either Brashad Perryman, who has some chemistry with Jameis Winston, assuming Jameis is going to be the starter. I'm going to grab Curtis Samuel or I'm going to grab Rashard Higgins, whichever one of those I can get. Rashard Higgins probably the most likely to be able to get at that price tag. But if I can work some of those other contracts down, then I'll definitely, definitely go for any one of those. All right, let's jump over now to Andrew Cummings. Give it to me straight, doctor. Are we looking at a hard rebuild? No, you're not. The entire young core or not even young core, but the entire core of this team is still together. Probably the biggest cut that you've seen so far is Janoris Jenkins. That's the biggest hole. If the Saints can fill that cornerback hole and get the quarterback situation right, they'll be fine. They are not in a rebuild. They're just making some changes. That's the way that I would look at it. Brian Abel is up next. Do you think that Chris Richard will help bring in DBs like maybe Richard Sherman or other vets on a cheap one-year deal 
in this free agency? I think yes. I think Richard is a really good piece to dangle in front of corners that are looking for a new home. Also, you are going to be able to get some of these free agents for sort of cheaper one-year deals than I think we're imagining, right? You're going to see more of these kind of guys that would be sort of the middle uh, middle tier, right? Second tier of players that would usually get 12, 10, 11 million dollar deals, taking things that are more like six, seven, maybe even sometimes down as far as four, five million dollar deals. I do think you're going to see that. And a lot of that is going to come down to them getting themselves in a situation where they feel like they can win, where they feel like they have a coaching staff, all of that. So New Orleans still very much offers uh, pretty much all of that, right? Outside of the financials. They'll have some work to do in order to get the financials right, but they're already well underway with that. Next up, we've got a great question here from Leroy Arville. This is something I hadn't thought about, but we'll talk about it now that Kansas City has cut both of their tackles. And given the fact that they made a play for Andrus Pete in free agency last year, would a trade for Pete for more draft picks to Kansas City make much sense and how much cap space would that create? So unfortunately, this, this is a really interesting idea and a smart idea because remember, Pete came into the NFL as a tackle. The Saints moved him to guard, right? They moved him to guard. When he was at Stanford, he played at tackle, but the Saints moved him. So he can play tackle. The Chiefs were interested in him. They were interested in him as a guard, but they could still be interested in him as a tackle. So this is actually a really smart thing that Leroy brings up here. However, the issue here is that the Saints ex- uh, restructured Andrew Pete's contract literally yesterday as I'm recording this. They restructured him on Wednesday. So that means that if you trade Pete right now, post that restructure, you're essentially flushing away $12.8 million. That's going to be the dead cap that goes with his restructure and then immediate trade. If you trade him and designate him as a post June 1, then you only save $1 million. Now, if you trade him and somebody else, and then you know you kind of work it out that way to where you move somebody that also moves a, a good amount of money then the pair of them can move and then you can still do it that way. So it's not impossible. It's just that just trading Andrews Pete doesn't make a lot of sense because you're just going to end up taking a $12.8 million hit or only saving $1 million. The other part of it is that honestly, if they're going to call, they're probably going to call for Ramcheck, who's on that $11 million uh, fifth year option, or they're going to call for Armstead. If you trade Armstead, it's a $6.6 million cap savings, 117 if you defer that to a post-June 1 trade, but I don't think you're going to see either of those guys getting traded unless the Saints are just simply not able to make Rams contract extension work in time and feel like they have to move because of that. But I don't see that happening. I think, well, let me not say I don't see that happening. Anything can happen, but the Saints are very, very focused on getting extensions for him, Marcus Williams, and Marshawn Lattimore taken care of. Next up, we've got Daniel Adams, who wants to know that with two of his preferred destination signing quarterbacks and the Saints cutting Jackrabbit to create more space. Do I feel that a Russell Wilson trade is more likely than it was a few days ago? I mean, I would say that it's more likely, right? Because now there's only two destinations left and the other team is the Chicago Bears. And now you have a little bit more cap space. You still have to create more cap space. Don't get me wrong. But it, it is more likely in terms of the Saints being prepared and the market slimming. It's just, are the Seahawks any more likely to move him right now? I don't think so. I think they want to if they're wise, they want to prove to him, hey, you're going to get this organizational input once free agency starts. So that's what I would keep an eye out on in terms of the next real big shift for Russell Wilson. I'm not saying something can't happen before that, but it might be wise to the organization and player over there to wait and see 
what's going to happen once they go into free agency. How comfortable is he at that point? Next up, we've got Evan Kostelka. After the first two cornerbacks are off the board, what are your thoughts on the Saints trading up to get J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley, or Patrick Sertain? Looks like 28 and 60 could maybe get the Saints into the middle of the round. If they were to do that and they feel like that's you know one of their guys, especially if it's Caleb Farley or J.C. Horn, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Nothing wrong with Asante Samuel or Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain, though, one of those guys that like got into the position late, stuff like that. So I would rather JC or Caleb Farley. That's kind of the way that I would go with either one of those. I don't mind Asante Samuel, though. He, he definitely fits, fits the mold. But I would definitely go for one of those other two guys up at the top. Uh, another draft question from Evan here. What is your feeling on Justin Hilliard as a mid-round linebacker? So he's a little bit undersized, right? Six foot, 227, somewhere around there. Uh, he played mostly Sam linebacker last year, but has played along that second level at a couple of different positions. He's really good at taking and covering tight ends off the line of scrimmage, but not so great in space. So he'd be a good special teamer and a good developmental piece, but I don't think you draft him to immediately be a starter. I think you would draft him to work with him. And he's got the Ohio State connection too, so you know that they're willing to do that. And finally, for this segment, we've got Tony Mealy here. Non-football question, with all the podcasts that you are doing in a given week, how do you not lose your voice? Are there some vocal exercises involved or anything that you avoid eating or drinking? So I don't do any dairy. That's a big one in terms of vocal longevity. Uh, Dairy can cause some issues with all that. And then i you know, my fiance is an actor, so she has talked me through some vocal exercises, some breathing things, things like that. Breathing with your diaphragm as opposed to, we always want to say, say it with your chest, but really say it below your chest, right? Get that big belly breath in before you start to speak. So it's been structuring and all the other stuff that has definitely helped me with that. But I appreciate that. That's a great question. I always say I love when we get the non-football questions on some fun stuff. So cut up next, so we have more football questions for you. A player that I wouldn't want to see end up in the NFC South, even though they're coming from the NFC South. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about whether or not the Saints should go cornerback in the first round of the NFL draft. And we'll take a look at what it might take to keep Jameis Winston in New Orleans in terms of a contract. We have all that and more coming up here in just a moment for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And don't forget to go and check out our friends rockauto.com. Amazing, amazing website, amazing company, a family business. They've been helping auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go and check them out, rockauto.com. You jump on there, whatever it is that you need for your vehicle. You drop your make, your model, your year. You let them know what parts you need, and they're going to give you several different options, all at a fraction of the price of what you're going to get over at the corner, you know, the store over on the corner, the brick and mortar place. Don't worry about all that. Do all this from the comfort of your own home and your office. Hell, you can do it in the morning when you wake up from sleep. You can do it in your bed when you're like, oh, I got, I just remembered I got to get this thing done. Don't worry about forgetting. Just get it done right away on your mobile device. They're super easy to navigate all this and stuff. And the best thing is that you're not paying twice as much like you are with the guys at the, 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 the chain stores and stuff like that because they're charging you more as a do-it-yourselfer than they charge their wholesale company. No, 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 no. Don't, don't deal with all that. RockAuto.com charges you the same, whether you're professional or do it yourself. So hop over there, rockauto.com, see what they've got and all the parts that are available for your car or truck. Don't forget to write locked on in the how'd you hear about a section so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable little prices, all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's 
get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode, continuing on with your questions to Locked On Saints Facebook group. But first, want to make sure you're checking out the Locked On Bets podcast. It doesn't have to be a mystery. If you're betting on the NBA, you're betting on college basketball, whatever it is, go and check them out. Your boy Q, Lee Sterling, giving you everything you need every single day with the Locked On Bets podcast. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast on radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we're continuing right along with all of our questions here as we continue through our Facebook Friday, facebook.com slash group slash Locked On Saints. Real quick, quick shout out, five-star Friday. It's going to be quick for you, but Ragamuffin Rider, who left a five-star review on the show. Thank you so much. I know you want the episodes to be longer. I appreciate that. I'm so grateful I'm giving you something that you want more of, but don't worry, five days a week, two and a half hours worth of content every single week right here covering your Saints. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support. Let's go ahead and jump into our first question of this segment. We got Joseph Zapata. What's going on, homie? Thank you so much for coming through. Give me a free agent this year that you would dis that you would dislike, but make sense for an NFC South rival to pick up this year. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a little tricky, right? I'm going to go with a, a an NFC South free agent, ending up with a different NFC South team. That is Shaq Barrett signing with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't want the Atlanta Falcons getting a pass rush. Too much confidence. They'll get too 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 big ahead. Too much ego. You don't need all that. The only thing more annoying than a bad Falcons team is a bad Falcons team that thinks they're good. And they will overpay for pass rushers. They will do this. They've done it consistently, constantly, all the time. Shaq Barrett, get him out of the, get him out of the division. Get him out. Get him out. Get him out. And least of all, don't let him end up with the Atlanta Falcons. That's the one that I would really hate. Next up, we got Marcel. Marcel, if Kyle Pitts was to somehow fall out of the top ten, would you like the idea of the Saints trading up for him, similar to what happened with C.D. Lamb when he fell last year? Yes, I would like that. Do I think that they would do that? I don't think so. I think if he dropped out of the top 15, forgive me for being picky here, but if he dropped out of the top 15, that's one thing, which is hard to imagine. But him dropping out of the top 10, it's going to be a little tough to get up there because of all the the quarterback movement that's going to happen around that with other teams trading back, stuff like that. So we'll see exactly what happens there. But if that were to happen, would I like it? Yes. Uh, the Saints need another tight end. They need they need another willing blocker, just like they have with Adam Troutman, another pass catcher, just like they have with Adam Troutman. Kyle Pitts fits that mold. Next up, we got, I, I hope I say this right. I think it's you and Draycott. Please let me know if I say your name wrong. Let me know how to pronounce it so I can fix it. That goes for anybody as I, as I run through your names. Your name is very important, so please do not let me mispronounce it. Let me know. All right, so the question is, are we definitely drafting a cornerback in round one now after cutting Janoris Jenkins? Does it seem that we would be able to get a $7 million cap hit on a starting corner in free agency? Okay, so here's here's what I'll say. It, it, drafting a cornerback in the first round, it, there's potential for that, yes. It all depends on what happens in free agency. Remember that the $7 million cap hit that the that the Saints saved with Janoris Jenkins doesn't all have to be repurposed in terms of APY for a contract. It all depends upon the structure. So you can get somebody at a seven or eight million dollar APY, but only paying three and a half million dollars for them the first year by doing a low base salary the first season and of course signing bonuses spreading out over time and things like that. So you can go to free agency and find a replacement for Janoris Jenkins. If they can't, then going round one corner certainly starts to make a ton of sense, even though it's already kind of making sense. Ross Mongru is next. Once again, if I say the name wrong, please let me know. Uh, it's funny because my name's also Ross. Anyway, uh, could they be trying to tag and trade Marcus Williams? Looks like that would save $10 million. Okay, they could tag and trade him, but the intent here is to buy themselves time to get a long-term deal. Remember, if they extend him into the long-term deal off of the franchise tag price, it lowers the first year salary cap hit so you can still save money and keep him around at the same time. You don't have to trade him in order to save that money. You're going to save $10 million? No, but can you save three to seven? Probably. That's the way that I would look at it. 
Next up, we got Michael Koger here with Jack Rabbit being cut. Free agent cornerback the Saints should try to go out and get is dot, dot, dot. So I'll say Patrick Peterson is obviously going to be somebody that is maybe a lateral move at this point in both of their careers, both still playing very well, both you know at a certain age. I mentioned Brashad Breland earlier on in the show. I do stand by that. 5'11", 195, he fits the mold. But there's also other pieces they can go out. So I would say those two being the ones that I would certainly love to see them go after. Ooh, I see a fun question here we're going to end the show with. That's going to be fun. Let's go to Michael Murray's two questions here. In a recent show, you went over several scenarios to handle the salary cap issue, but we haven't really discussed the scenario of re-signing Jameis Winston. What do we do to retain his services in your scenario? So for me, the Jameis Winston contract has to be a low base first year, right? Same thing with a signing bonus and probably very incentive heavy. The good thing about the incentives is that incentives count against this year if they're expected to be hit. They count against next year if they're not expected to be hit. There's two different categories of incentives. Because of the fact that Jameis Winston barely saw the field last year and threw less than like 15 passes, any incentive that you give him is going to be a next year incentive, a not likely to be reached incentive, even though he's going to be your starting quarterback, because it goes off of the production of the year before. None of the other stuff matters that happened before that. None of the other projections matter about after that. So you give him an incentive laden deal that does nothing to the 2021 salary cap with a low base and with a signing bonus. That's the way that you would, that I would look at it. So if his cap hit ends up being $11 million or so, or the APY ends up looking like 11 to $16 million, and then the the first year is a little bit lower, but then you have these up to type conversations, right? A three-year, $33 million contract worth up to $50 million or whatever. I'm just making up a number at that point. That is a way that you can go with that incentive-heavy deal. Michael's next question here sounds like the Saints are ready to move front, move on from Alex Anzalone. Is it possible to let him move and save cap space and then bring in Quan Alexander? So yes, you're not saving any money with him leaving, but you're certainly saving money by not spending money on him when it comes to Alex Anzalone. So you're right. You're not investing any money there. It it saves you the money that you might need to bring Quan Alexander back. I would love to see Quan Alexander back. It is not at all a foregone conclusion that he will come back, but it is also not a foregone conclusion at all that he won't. I would definitely never say never when it comes to the opportunity for the Saints to reunite with just about any player that they cut and move on from ahead of free agency. That door will almost always be open. And then to wrap up the show, we have a fun one here. This one comes from Clinton. So Ross, what is your fiance's favorite NFL team? If it's not the Saints, why are you even marrying her? Like, damn, man, let me love who I love. No, but here, we're, I'm, I'm not going to do this alone. Let, let, let's ask her. Uh, hey, hey, baby, who that? Who that? That's what I'm talking about. There you go. That's all you need to know right there. We appreciate y'all very much, everybody, for coming through for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Oh, make sure it's Megan's birthday, too, Well, as I'm recording this. So happy birthday, baby. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate y'all very much for coming through. Make sure that y'all have a fun and safe weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday for our Mock Draft Monday. We'll hear a little bit from our friends over at Locked on Auburn as well. They had Anthony Schwartz of Auburn on the show, and he talked a little bit about his visit with the New Orleans Saints or his, his virtual meeting with the New Orleans Saints. So we're here that and of course get you caught up with everything that takes place over the weekend as the saints quest to be under the cap continues make sure you follow locked on nfl pods on twitter as well by the way so you get the my locked on now videos anytime that something big happens it's an easy way to keep up with everything going on over the weekend as well so we appreciate you as always everybody for coming through once again i'm ross jackson you can follow me on twitter at ross jackson n-o-l-a hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them 
Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support. Ever help me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.